for the next half hour to join us for interviews, discussion, inspiration and for strategies to help you fulfil your potential both in life and in business. Welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. I'm Mandy Beverly, and today I have a very special guest called Steph Green. Now, Steph is an award-winning author, a blogger, a self-confessed metalhead. Um, she's a cat enthusiast, <laughs> and also an alternate wedding celebrant. So, welcome along, Steph. I'm really pleased that you could join us. Hi, Mandy. Thank you so much for having me. Now. It doesn't sound like you like to sleep very much because as I was reading through your website, not only do you do freelance writing and ghost writing, you're also a speaker at conferences and seminars and sit on panels, writing panels um, for um, like National Writers Forum and Romance Writers and things like that. So how do you fit it all in? Um, well, yeah, you're kind of right. I'm really not that fussed on sleeping. Um but no, I just, um, I've been very, very lucky in that I've had um, quite supportive uh, workplaces for a number of years. Um, so I, I left my job, um, my last job in February last year uh, in order to, to do this crazy writing thing full time, which has been super exciting. But, you know, before that, um, I had really supportive um, offices and um, employers who, kind of let me take time off to do things and I'm just really um you, you know quite driven and dedicated like I just know that this is what I was meant to be doing so I you know I don't shag around I <laughs> <laughs> there's tip number one on remarkable yeah. woman radio yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant now you write under a couple of titles Stephanie Holmes and SC Green so and I, I know that paranormal and dark fantasy romance and all of those things are actually really popular out there. Is is that right? I mean, because I I'm, I don't know much about it, so please tell us. Yes. Um. Yeah. It's been really exciting. Um. Because originally I started writing sort of dark fantasy science fiction, kind of really serious, kind of like Neil Stevenson, China Mayville kind of stuff. Um. And I had a publishing deal. Uh, which fell through and I was looking at having to sort of I'd be working for years and years and years and years to get this this deal and then it it fell through and I was looking at having to basically start all over again and that was around the time that self-publishing started to become a um, a viable way for for authors to you get their work out there Um, and I thought well you know I've got this series that I've been working on for years and years and um, you know uh, so I thought I'd give it a go um, so I did that back in 2014, um, and I didn't sell very many copies of, of those series, but I absolutely loved the process. I loved having control over, you know, what my cover was going to look like, um, kind of formatting the book, finding my editors, um, and just kind of really connecting with, with my readers out there. Um, so I did that and then it was actually, this was also around the time that Fifty Shades of Grey was quite popular <laughs> and, yep. and um, so I was at a party one day and a friend of mine was talking about how much she loved this book and I'd kind of read the first chapter and thought it was a bit terrible actually um, <laughs> and I was sort of saying that I thought yeah it's a bit terrible and she said well you know I don't think you could really you know could you write a book like that I don't think so and uh, 
it, you know, I kind of nodded and I was like, yeah, you know, you, you're probably right. I couldn't. But in my head, I was going, okay, well, challenge accepted. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, see who dares wins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in in secret, um, uh, partly because of that, and I, I just wanted to, to try something different. And so partly uh, because of that, I wrote in secret a little 30,000 word novella, which was about a... Uh, a reclusive artist who was also a fox shapeshifter um, and the art curator who kind of brought him out of, out of his shell. And I, I wrote this tiny thing in like three weeks and I published it on Amazon under completely secret pen name, didn't tell anyone, didn't even tell my husband. And I thought it would just, you know, sell a few copies or whatever. Um, and then it sold like a thousand copies in the first week. Wow. And I kind of, I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and so I, I wrote the second one really quickly and put that out there and it keeps selling and I kept expecting Amazon to email me and say, look, we're sorry, we've given you someone else's royalties by accident, you know, <laughs> and that never happened. And then I sort of sheepishly had to tell my husband, well, I've kind of made all this money this month, but it was not from my super serious science fiction. It was from this like little story about the shape-shifting fox man. Yeah, um, steamy, steamy yeah, sort of the, the content. Steamy, <laughs> yeah, the steamy paranormal romance book. Um, and he said, well, you know, you, you're gonna, you better write some more. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's what I've been doing ever since 2015, and it's been amazing. Um, and, yeah, I have readers all over the world, um, and sort of every book I write, uh, I publish a book every roughly every six to eight weeks. And um, everyone, you know, brings in a few more readers and, you know, things are just growing and growing and it's really exciting. Can I just stop you right there? I've just written a little bit, 30,000 words. I publish a book every six to eight weeks. Steph, that is, that is incredible. That's, that, that, how many hours a day do you spend writing? Um, about, I think it's about... I spend about eight eight to nine hours working, but not all that time is writing. Um, so we, I try to write between 2,000 words and 4,000 words a day on fiction. And some sort, sort of goes up and down, depends if I have freelance work to do that day or you know, other things like coming in here to talk to you. Yeah. Um, and I set a timer for 20 minutes and then I write... Um, well, and then until the timer goes off, and then I take a two-minute break, and then I set the timer again, and I try and do that. Um, sort of helps keep me from looking at Facebook all the time. Yeah, and, yeah, and I can usually write between five hundred and seven hundred words every one of those twenty-minute blocks. So it doesn't. It can only take a couple of hours if I have a really good day to write. Get my get my four thousand words, but. Not all days are good days. <laughs> oh, I imagine. Do you plan everything out? Because I'm, I'm curious. Because as you know, I've written, written a little, a little thing. And, hmm. Yes, my my English is, and grammar and everything, as you know, is not as um, uh, free flowing and um, as great as what yours is. But how do you how do you plan out? to to write either a fiction or non-fiction how, how do you go about starting it so so i'm sort of not sort of not really a planner we writers often talk about being you're in one of two camps you're either a, pl- a plotter which is where you detail everything out and you know heaps of detail um or you're a pantser meaning you write on the seat of your pants and that's kind of what i am um but what basically happens is that the first draft of my of a book so a typical book is 
70,000 to 95,000 words. Um, and my first draft of a book will be about 10 to 20,000 words and it will be a super fast draft. It basically just has dialogue. It has bits where it says, put sex in here or things like that, you know, without mm-hmm. actually writing them. Um, and that is my outline, um, although it's actually the first draft of the book. And that's where I figure out everything Um that, that happens and I, I learn about the characters and then I go back and I start from the beginning and I fill in all the, the pretty details. <laughs> the pretty details. Yeah. All the steamy stuff. Because yeah. I know New Zealand Women's Weekly said you've been giving Fifty Shades of, of Grey a, a bit of a run for their money. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's entirely true. I would like to. But. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing having a book that sells to millions of people around the world that would be just amazing it would so, be pr- it would be pretty incredible yeah definitely now you um i noticed on instagram you have a tattoo of sherlock holmes on your arm and i was very curious to know why because i um i imagine that um because it's there quite vibrantly that it must mean something special to you it it does so i have i have two tattoos um i have one on my left arm which is the eye of horus the egyptian eye of horus um and I was, as a kid, I was very obsessed with um, archaeology and, and ancient Egypt and Egyptology. And I was originally going to, so I studied to be an archaeologist. But because I am legally blind, uh, it was quite hard to find a job in that, that area, which is why I pivoted to uh, becoming a writer. Um, and when which I was, is even, can I interrupt you, which is yeah. even an interesting um, career for someone that's legally blind as well, or is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's really cool because as a writer, you don't, you know, no one can tell me I can't be a writer, you know, I can't mm. be a writer because I can't see. Like, it's quite, um, it's quite an empowering career, I find. Um, and I get to, you know, I'm quite big on diversity in my books. So a lot of the heroines in my books or the, the heroes um, have disabilities or things like that because I just think it's so important um, that everyone get, is able to see themselves in the books that they read. Um, so, you know, I like, kind of like to be a bit like that. Um, but, yeah, so when I was 25, um, my husband and I took a trip to Egypt and it was really um, in, a super incredible experience for, for both of us, but particularly for me because Egypt was kind of, it was almost like it was it was my best friend when I was, when I was a kid. Um and those stories have kind of shaped who I am. So when we got back, I I got that tattoo to kind of celebrate that. Um, and then yeah, when nice. I was 30, I decided to get another tattoo for my birthday. And um, that was also to celebrate my, you know, my first books coming out. Um, and so I got Sherlock Holmes um, because Arthur Conan Doyle is one of my kind of writing idols and Sherlock Holmes is one of my favourite you know literary characters yeah. um, and also my pen name Stephanie Holmes is actually named the last name Holmes is from Sherlock Holmes that's how I decided on that oh, cool. um, and, and it's just a, a black silhouette of Sherlock's face and it's in a frame and there's a little dinosaur skeleton in the frame and those are all elements that the elements of the frame and the dinosaur are all elements that were part of my first book and my first book cover 
That's so cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Sorry, that was a bit of a personal question, but I really appreciate that. Um, because it sounds, you know, you are really pushing the boundaries here. And um, I was looking at, and I haven't read one of your books, but I'm going to, by the way. Um, one of your heroines, I think, is it Mauve? Is that how you pronounce her Maeve. name? Maeve. Yeah. You know, the science nerd. She's a witch. She's clever. She's calculated. And how do these women come to you? Or how do your heroines or heroes come to you? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, sometimes they are a little bit influ- inspired by people I know, mm-hmm. um, but often they just, um, like Maeve in particular, whose story came because I wanted to, I had this idea about a character who um, inherited a a castle in England, which is how, the, her, how her story starts. She Her parents die and she finds out. Um, that she's inherited this this castle in England, um, and she's a um, uh, American, um, and that she also found out she was a witch. And I loved this idea of a super. You know, what if you took a super pragmatic, super scientific person and then told them they had all these magical powers that they've spent their whole life saying, you know, magic doesn't exist. It's all you know. It's all about science and kind of what that um, cognitive dissonance that has to go on in your head in order to accept those two things yeah. and a huge part of that book is about Maeve's struggle to um, kind of co- you know, bring together those two um, parts of herself um, and you know it's all a metaphor for all the different things that go on in the book and it's it's really exciting but yeah a lot of them come out of the initial idea for the book you know I get this get a spark of the idea and you think well you know what's what person is going to be really interesting to throw into this world um and that is and it's usually the start of it oh wow it sounds really incredible and you've um, got series of some of your books as well so do the characters just say I just want to stay around a little bit longer or do you just go well I really like you so I'm just going to throw you into another situation or Um, it's a little bit of a purely business decision Um, (laughs) series are much easier to sell than than standalone books because readers readers invest in a series so if they buy one book then they're, they're you know they're very likely to go on and buy books two books three books four books five whereas with standalone books readers might buy one book and read it and then they'll move on to another another author um because they're not readers are series loyal before they are author loyal because you can invest it in the characters a little bit and and i guess leave a little part of yourself with each character as you read it exactly and, so yeah so so what i do is i i write in series and then i will av- kind of advertise the first book in the series and sometimes i may like i've got a couple of series where the first book is actually free um and it may seem weird to write an entire book and then give it away for free but um i make an income based off of a certain percentage of those readers who read the first book for free going on to books two and books three and books four that actually makes sense yeah Yeah. i didn't realize that thank you and how do you stay organised and consistent and get things done? Because obviously um, a lot of our listeners here, um, I like to be able to give tools and strategies for people because we're all in business or most of us are in business for ourselves a lot of the time. And it can be hard to just stick to our knitting, so to speak. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not... I'm not I fully admit, and my husband would back me up, that I'm not the most organised person on earth. Um, and 
it's, it's almost because I'm not the most organised person. I have to be really organised because otherwise I just forget stuff. Um, so I, uh, I'm very, I have to be quite pared back in terms of the tools I use. So I literally have, I use Google Calendar um, to, to schedule things and kind of, you know, here's when that article's due or here's when this thing is due. Um, and then I just keep, I basically keep a running to-do list in the Google Doc folder um, and I, you know, delete things off the list when they're done or I shuffle them, I kind of shuffle them around the days that I um, can do them. And I've tried to use other tools like um, like Trello boards and things like that, um, but I find that I don't, I just don't use them. So the, mm. that's the system that works for me. Um, and I do everything on the cloud so that I, because I've had far too many disasters of computers um, crashing while, oh, no. you know, and losing oh, 30,000 words yeah. or 80,000 words. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just, yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, far too much of that's happened. So I've been using, um, I just use plain old Google Drive, Google Docs, Google Sheets. Um, and that's that's been pretty amazing. And I sort of, I'm quite, um, the first couple of years where I was writing, I would kind of flip back and forth between projects. So I'd write like, two books of the series and then go and do another thing and then try and come back and um, so kind of go all over the place and now I'm very strict because basically Stephanie Holmes is my baseline so I'm very strict I just I do boom 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 every six to eight weeks one book in, in the, the next book in the series you know not trying to follow the muse um, and be quite strict about that and then I get free time to do other really exciting projects and they don't have to be um, you know they don't necessarily have to turn a significant profit or they don't have to be done on time and I'm a lot less strict with myself about about those kind of things Mm. Um, so it kind of gives me this really wonderful, vibrant world to kind of play in I bet it does, wow that's amazing and do you ever have writer's block? No no, no, because cool. you're, you're now in the habit of doing that, doing the 20 minute, you know, turning on the phone for the alarm every 20 minutes. It's just what you do. Or is it just like, no, this is yay, I get to play and now I'm going for it. It's kind of a little bit of both. Um, yeah, I I probably used to have a little bit of writer's block back in the day, but I've, you know, I've written 30 books now. So I kind of, I kind of know what's you know, I know what's coming. Um, People, she just said 30 <laughs> books, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also, often if you have writer's block, it's... So, some, you know, sometimes I look at it and I go, I don't know... Uh, you know, there needs to be a scene here where this thing needs to happen, but I don't know how to write it, or um, I, I don't quite know what happens next. And usually what it means is that you kind of know what's happening plot-wise, but you don't know what's happening in terms of your character developing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of know that, and I go back and, and and I say, well, you know, what's what's actually going on in this character's head? And that usually will solve the problem. Right. Um, wow, that's, yeah. that's so cool. Okay, can I ask the question probably everybody asks you, are sex scenes easy to write or does that why you just <laughs> kind of drop it and come back here to the sex scene and, and later? They, they, they kind of are and kind of aren't. Um, so they're actually, it, it sounds horrible, they're actually one of the most boring things to write to a certain extent. So what you do in a romance book, um, the sex isn't about, necessarily about kind of titillating the reader although although that you know that's a factor but it's really about like the emotional journey of the characters and so what 
what I do is well, what I find is that there's that emotional journey that's really the interesting thing. So the first pass I do of a book, it's all about that emotional journey that the character's going on. So the sex scene has all these emotions in it, but there's actually no like mechanics, if okay, you will. Right. And then the next couple of passes, I have to go in and write the mechanics. And when you've written 30 books and each one has, a, you know, two, three sex scenes you know you've kind of done it all before <laughs> so that that bit of it is quite you know it's a bit of a it can be a bit of a slog it's not as interesting as as a fight scene or or the the emotional ups and downs yeah. of the characters okay exactly. we've got that see i got that question out of the way <laughs> okay so let's switch gears a little bit because you've got a new book coming out in may um for it's called only freaks turn things into bones is that right that's correct yes so can you tell us a little bit about that because this is such a cool cool little book by the looks yeah, so this is one of my neat little exciting side projects and it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of in my whole career. Um, and it's a children's book um, and it's about a little grim reaper uh, and he gets bullied uh, because he, you know, he's the only grim reaper at a school and every time he touches something um, he turns it into bones. So he touches a tree and the tree kind of withers and dies and he, he touches his classmate's little rabbit and then she turns into a skeleton, turns into a skeleton rabbit and it's little skeleton hopping around um, and everyone's really mean to him because he, he's different and um, the book is all about learning to you know to accept and celebrate being different um, and it it was inspired because I I was bullied quite a lot as a, as a kid and as a teenager, um, you know, because of my eyes, because I was different. And it's uh, ridiculous, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it? It's one of those, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's so, super sad and it's it's far too common a story. Um, and it's it's one of those things that, as an adult now, I realise was completely not about me. It was a hundred percent about the people that were doing the bullying um, and how they felt in their own heads. But it's it's next to impossible to understand that when you are, you know, a little kid. Um, and, yeah, and, and the, the illustrator that I worked with um, is, is a close friend of mine and, you know, she had really similar experiences. Um, and so we, yeah, we came up with this with this great project together and we did a Kickstarter campaign last year and we fund we... 110% funded, so we, we had success there. that's um, amazing. Yeah, and so um, from that we ended up with a publisher, and yeah, the book's coming out in May, um, which is uh, the National Bullying Free New Zealand Week, so that's quite, um, you know, comes coming out at the right time. And yeah, you'll be able to order it from my website, and it'll be available, it's Available, going to be available in some schools, um, in some libraries, and um, certain bookshops to, to be advised. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so I'll make sure that your website and everything goes out on social media and things. And so um, I, I love what you said. You said that only freaks turn things into bones will help kids remember to celebrate the fact that they're different and unique and that bullies don't get to define who they are or who they want to be. I just thought that was really beautiful, actually. Um, more power to the kids. And, um, and yeah, so well done. Well, we hope it's a huge success. Thank you. <laughs> so what else are you currently working on? Um, so I am just I have just finished two days ago um, a the next book in my um, the Stephanie Holmes series, which is um, a 
it's a murder mystery romance series, <laughs> um, and it's, so we're, we're calling it Agatha Christie meets Black Books because um, it's set in a bookshop in England, and where literary characters come to life. Um, so oh, wow. there's Heathcliff um, from Wuthering Heights, who's you know behind the desk, and um, Moriarty from Sherlock Holmes is there as well, and uh, uh, the Raven from uh, Poe's The Raven, who's a really hot uh, Raven shapeshifter. Um, and they see it and they have to solve mysteries with the heroine um, and it's it's super fun it's so much fun um, and so the third book in the series which is called Pride and Premeditation I love it it's <laughs> <laughs> just finished so I'm so I give that to my husband who's my, my beta reader um, and he'll read that and tell me what's what's wrong with it and um, that's probably going to get published early yeah early to mid April um, so I'm just so I finished that. So I'm just about to start work on a uh, sort of a couple of little guides for writers, which I'm going to publish. Um, just sort of about how to how to write romance books and how to um, you know kind of how to how to how to do what I'm doing basically. How to become an author and self publish your books and yeah. So kind of trying to help, kind of trying to pay it forward. Um, so I'm going to be doing that, which is really cool. Um, and I'm just heading off to Canberra to teach uh, self-publishing workshops. So that's really exciting as well. That is exciting. Yeah. Well done. Oh, that's so cool. So you are an expert now in self-publishing, aren't you, as I, a result of being, you know, refused or dropped by a publishing house? Yeah, it's really it's really funny because, you know, 10 years ago I would have I would have just dropped everything if a publishing house had taken me. And now, you know, if someone approached me, I would, you know, they would have to offer a really good deal to make me accept it. There's a saying called success is always the best revenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it applies here. And we're almost running out of time, so I've just better keep keep an eye on the time here. Um, so when you are going outside your comfort zone, because we all know that life has a lot of setbacks, but um, what have you learnt as a result of pushing yourself past what you thought you could? Oh, the other side is just more pushing yourself <laughs> but it's oh it's so much fun I mean you just you know yeah it's so many things I've done have been so terrifying um and I mean even right now I'm a little bit terrified about getting on this plane by myself and going off to, to Canberra to do this thing um but you know it's also it's also a little bit of an adrenaline rush Yes. Uh, yeah. And you know, coming off coming off stage after doing a doing a speech that you're really nervous about, or um, publishing a book that you don't know, you know, if anyone's going to like, um, it, it's just it's a huge. Oh, I did that. You know, yeah. if I did that, I can I can do anything. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's just amazing, and that just empowers more. And and yeah, it yeah. just goes. It's just it's like a rolling stone going down a hill, just picking up all the, the stuff as it goes goes along. I love that. And yeah. just the momentum just keeps on going. Now, the question I ask most of my guests is, what is most r- remarkable about what you do and who you are? Because uh, my thing is, if we don't value who we are, then no one else is going to. So what is remarkable about you, Steph? Um, I think in terms of the, the work that I produce, um, I have a really unique voice so when you read a book that's written by me and it doesn't matter if it's a steamy romance book or a serious science fiction book or a kid's book about a grim reaper who turns things into bones um you're always going to get 
you, you know, you always know you're going to be reading a, a book that's written by me um, because I have a really unique voice um, and I feel as though I'm saying really important things about the world um, just in a fun way. Yeah. I love that. that. And that is remarkable. Thank you so much for joining me today, Steph. I can't believe that 30 minutes has gone already. Um, and we've got one of your favourite songs to come on next by Nick Cave. So um, so thank you again for joining me. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was heaps of fun. Come sail your ships around me. And burn your bridges down We make a little history, baby Every time you come around Come loose your dogs upon me And let your hair hang down You are a little mystery to me Every time you call around We talk about it all night long We define Time.